Hello, my name is Doug Thompson. I'm a reporter for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette newspaper, and we are here today with about four folks to talk about a recent change by the U.S. Census Bureau. It's going to have less time than it anticipated to do a live person count, that door-to-door knocking and other efforts uh, they use to complete the census. I'm going to ask everybody and introduce themselves, and, and Brad, we'll start with you, and then Maria, Selena, and Jeff. Go ahead. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Doug. Uh, yes, my name is Brad Cameron, and I am the communications chair for Arkansas Counts, the statewide initiative to get out the count for the 2020 U.S. Census. resource centers uh, and members across the entire state. Um, We have a base of 800 immigrant workers um, who are part of our movement and organization. Um, And we are extremely proud to be one of the co-founding organizations for Arkansas Counts um, with a a commitment to our hard to count communities. Uh, But we also as Arkansas United um, have been uh, since uh, now going on about a year uh, actually uh, leading Get Out the Vote uh, census efforts uh, with uh, Asian and Latinx communities across the state, um, and uh, recently um, finishing up some efforts within the Tyson Chicken Plant uh, that we look forward to uh, bringing into today's conversation. I'm accompanied by my colleague, uh, Selena Reyes. Uh, Selena, will you introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. Uh- I'm Selena Reyes. I am um, a community navigator slash promotor. Um, and yeah, it's been a great experience here working with Arkansas United. And well, thank you. Okay. Jeff? Uh, yes, I'm Jeff Hawkins. I'm the director of the Northwest Arkansas Regional Planning Commission. We're a council of local government, so to speak. Uh, uh, with representation from all cities and counties in the in the two county area, Northwest Arkansas, uh, we've historically coordinated with cities and counties to make sure uh, that, from a regional perspective, that we have uh, a full count. Uh, I say historically because Census Bureau changed uh, their coordination efforts this time, and regional agencies aren't involved uh, that typically used to be. So. Mm, okay. That's something we'll have you speak on more when we get into this. And speaking of getting into this, Brad, tell us the recent um, the recent U.S. Census Bureau decision that I, frankly, this is why I'm calling you. Go ahead and, and give me a thumbnail sketch. Absolutely. So earlier this week, the U.S. Census Bureau issued a statement that uh, express that they will end field data collection by September 30th, 2020. They went on to say that the self-response options will also close on that date to permit the commencement of data processing. And so what this means to us as Arkansas Counts, as we continue to get out the count for the 2020 U.S. Census, especially among hard-to-count populations, is that we have a full 30 days less than we originally uh, had planned on having. And so 
you know, this will have an adverse impact on our count of hard to count populations. Uh, that includes children under five, people of color, rural residents, low income people, and people currently experiencing homelessness. So we have a full 30 days fewer to ensure that people who really rely on the resources that the census data provides, um, we have a full 30 days fewer to get them represented in our uh, state census. Okay, a couple of, um, and in context here, I mean, this comes after the Census Bureau pushed some dead, some starting dates and such as that back because of the COVID pandemic. So, yeah, it's, it's shall we say, pretty compressed. Um, <laughs> that a good way to phrase it? Jeff, what do you think about that? Well, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. The, uh, in fact, the Census Bureau suspended their field operations back in mid-March. Mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and they didn't even restart in a, in a slow, phased manner until two months later in May. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that is absolutely going to compress things. You know, that was a two-month delay, and now all of a sudden we're going to uh, finish uh, as originally planned. Uh, instead of taking that extra month. There you go. And I've been remiss. Pardon me, uh, Maria and Selena, you get the next question, but I've been remiss. I should point out that the census is done every 10 years. The amount of, I won't even try to give a description of all the uses census data is put to. I mean, the hit the biggest hits, it decides how many congressmen people get, how what legislative districts are redrawn on the basis of it. It is constitutionally mandated every 10 years. There's no way around it. We couldn't say, oh, we got coronavirus this year. We're going to skip it. Anyway, so with that basic civics out of the way, uh, Maria, Selena, um, discuss, if you will, what it's like to try to maximize counts, especially among people who hard to count folks, with a moving target no. as far as your deadlines go. Go ahead. Oh, thank, thank you, Doug. And, and uh, again, we appreciate the opportunity um, that the Democrat Gazette has given us um, to be able to, to lift up the story of immigrants and, in general, hard-to-count communities during this time. Uh, what I just want to emphasize um, uh, from our, our, the previous speakers, um, there were already challenges in place for hard-to-count communities if the Census Bureau was working at full potential, right? That, that's why we came together as Arkansas Counts and as a coalition um, of, of funders, of corporations, of nonprofits, of advocacy groups, uh, because we knew that there were systemic challenges in place. And we knew that this year was going to be a hard year, even before coronavirus, because of distrust that has been permeating um, at all levels uh, within these hard-to-count communities, many of them historic, but many of them related uh, to decisions that have been made in recent years. Um, and we knew that we were going to need um, individuals uh, that are of the community um, that already have those relationships um, to be able to try and even tackle what we had thought was a scenario where the Census Bureau was going to be working at its fullest potential. And, and what I hope um, and we want Northwest Arkansas to understand is that it has just been one bad news after another about that potential at all 
all being achieved from the Census Bureau. And so that puts even greater burden on those of us that have those relationships uh, to be able to try and um, keep our communities engaged and committed uh, to this conversation and this process. Um, and so we uh, started off this year very hopeful um, uh, still because we believe in the power of organizing and we believe in the relationships we have with our community. Um, and, and we had very robust plans uh, to be those additional face-to-face -to -face touches um, alongside the Census Bureau in, in really trying to persuade the hard-to-town communities that the census matters and they should get involved. Um, and one of those examples locally that we were most excited about was a collaboration with Tyson um, Incorporated and being able to actually go into the poultry plants and directly spot, speak to some of our workers uh, because we know our workers, um, uh, so many of them are vulnerable uh, for so many different reasons, regardless of your demographic background. Um, and, and it was a tremendous opportunity for us to put um, what we know about organizing into practice and have that face-to-face -to -face touch. But all of this changed um, come March. And, um, and unfortunately, um, we are completely limited now in any sort of face-to-face -face interaction and have now shifted, which Selena will talk to here, uh, to phones and text messages and trying to creatively um, leverage drive-throughs and drop-bys uh, to be able to engage the community. But just to give you um, some insights, um, and Selena will talk here in a sec on the phones, uh, where we're dealing with um, broader lists of voters um, from hard-to-count communities, but people um, that we, we were able to acquire their numbers through, through national networks. Um, we've seen a very low turnout with those folks as we're just really ramping up the engagement and trying to make this case. Uh, we're seeing better with those from Tyson and others with whom we're text messaging that that face-to-face -face worked, but now we're challenged with now that we're not going to get back to as much face-to-face, -face, how do we take that energy and relations? And so we have some thoughts there. But Selena, do you want to talk specifically about the phones and text messaging and those percentage outcomes? Sure. Thank you, Mireya. So as Mireya mentioned, we did, uh, when we had our face-to-face visits to Tyson workers at the beginning of the year. Uh, we collected a few of uh, their information, their phone numbers, and through this, we were able to use those phone numbers and upload to our uh, app called Outvote. And we have been using this app religiously since mm -hmm. then, well, since we had to close everything down to contact um, our Tyson workers. And we were able to send 754 messages. And out of these, um, 85 people responded that they had completed the census. Now, this was the first attempt when we contacted our Tyson workers. This was like the beginning week of April. And then we did a second attempt in the last week of July uh, to try to see where we were going, um, how people had answered. And we sent um, 814 messages, and 74% had responded they had completed the census. So this was also included, um, I imagine, people that we had contacted the first time um, in April, um, but we gave the chance to the other people who hadn't responded for the first time to see if they had completed the census. And we were also using ThruTalk. ThruTalk is an auto dialer, and we are using this system to reach out through phone banking efforts. And we had, in the past, since July, no, since the last week of June, um, we have been able to contact 1,333 people. Now, out of these people, um, these include people that had wrong numbers and hang-ups and everything. But uh, the number that we that I, we I want to 
pay more attention to is the 506 people that were actually the people that we were meant to speak with. Um, and out of these, 24.9% answered that they had completed the census and 26 answered that they had not. Um, and also we noticed that in these results, um, there was a higher percentage, uh, actually a 4.1, uh, 41.6% that they had completed the census by mail. So that was actually really surprising because uh, we would think that it was it would be online. That would have been the higher response rate, but it was through mail. No, thank you, Celine. And can you just quickly mention as well, because um, uh, in the last few weeks, now that we've made a, a deeper investment and been able to make a deeper investment in PPE, we are trying to do visits directly to Latinx and immigrant businesses. Mm -hmm. And Selena, what are some of the things you've been hearing at the businesses? Yeah, so uh, we were able to visit a couple businesses this past week. Um, a lot of people, uh, we went during lunchtime, so a lot of construction workers were out there, you know, having lunch. And we were giving out flyers and information, but most of them, um, most of our community members are still very, they feel unsafe about completing the census. They they don't have that trust and that their information is going to be kept safe because of the previous, um, you know, traps of, oh, not traps, um, attacks and trying to add the citizenship question and then excluding, trying to exclude all immigrants altogether, immigrant families. And so people have fear. They don't think that the census is actually going to be doing anything for them if they do complete it. So in their mind, I try to put myself in their shoes. You know, if they don't feel like they're going to be benefit from it, why should they do it? Or why should they put their, their information, their families at risk and being mm -hmm. a deported if that's what they think that this information is going to be used for? And, um, oh, and Doug, as we turn it back to you, just two two things to just highlight for, for this moment, right? Um, as um, uh, Selena said, you know, in, in person, mail in, these are still our, our best options um, and we're limited with the contact. But we think that um, integration into some of this coronavirus work um, at a broader network, and that's something we've been talking about with Arkansas Counts, is really our only hope for the next few months. But part of our message as immigrant activists to Arkansas Counts, um, even this week, is uh, we are going to need to take this to Congress and to others. The idea that we are going to have the ability um, to really uh, fulfill the true potential of a complete count is, is almost impossible at this point. We will do the best we can for our state, but Congress um, and, and maybe even the courts are going to need uh, to be able to help intervene on all of our behalf because this doesn't just impact immigrants or hard-to-count communities. The impacts are going to have repercussions for all Arkansas. Okay. Folks, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my, uh, a devil's advocate question. And forgive me because of the way I'm going to phrase this, because you know you all feel very strongly about the census, but I'm going to put it this way. Arkansas is facing challenges reaching folks. So are every one of the other 49 states. Now, if I was a son of a gun who said all things are relative and, and, and said, hey, you know, yeah, everybody's, you know, having problems, but we're having problems equally, why should I care about Arkansas having problems? Who wants to answer that? Well, different states have different uh, concentrations of hard-to-count populations. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you can say it's apples-to-apples apples comparison. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, if uh, frankly, that's what I was getting at. I mean, we have, have a, and by hard to count, it's uh, not only divided along along uh, ethnic lines, racial lines. We're a largely rural state. Exactly. Okay, and Jeff, you and I have talked about how, you know, Fayetteville, Rogers, towns like that can assign somebody on city staff to help out. Brad, talk about a little bit. You're the statewide guy. Talk a little bit about what it's like to um, try and get a complete count in, in Hoxie or, or um, Hampton or somewhere. Go ahead. Absolutely. And I'll start by saying, you know, this is the first census in our nation's history that was uh, primarily conducted online. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Arkansas ranks in the bottom for Internet connectivity of all the 50 states. You know, some studies show it as 48th, some show it as 49th. But, you know, when the Bureau has prioritized completion of the census online, um, several of Arkansas's communities just simply lack access to the internet. Um, Combine that with, you know, there is the telephone option, um, but there are large pockets of Arkansas where people live with an unreliable cellular signal. Um, Additionally, you know, it's just kind of difficult to get information out there in our rural communities. You know, if we're, I I have the map pulled up in front of me right now of the, the 20 counties with the lowest census response rate, and, you know, all of them are extraordinarily rural. Mm -hmm. Um, Combine that with, you know, a global pandemic that has, in fact, um, hurt Arkansas. You know, our our COVID-19 rates were lower than the rest of the nation for a while because we are a rural state. Well, now we're starting to see, you know, our COVID-19 rates increase in these rural communities. So just as as we've been kind of rounding out uh, our census efforts, getting to the getting to closer and closer to the deadline, you know, a lot of these communities and elected officials in in these smaller towns and and rural areas are struggling to to face the, the pandemic. And so, you know, it's a variety of factors from internet lack of internet access, limited phone access the difficulty of getting information into these rural communities. Uh, and then one other thing that I'll add is, you know, the, the Bureau had intended to, much like our Arkansas Counts partners, do a lot of door knocking and uh, direct community engagement that we simply haven't been able to do as a direct result of the pandemic. Okay, let's talk about a different type of bandwidth here, too. Maria, Selena... Uh, we talk about hard-to-reach groups. Uh, that includes um, ethnic minorities and such as that. Let's talk about the fact that they're also disproportionately harmed by the coronavirus. Heavily disproportionately. I mean, frankly, you're trying to convince them that the census is important and at the time they have what I would describe as urgent, to put it mildly, uh, concerns about health and economics. I mean, there are the, you know, you know where I'm getting at. Talk about that a little bit. How do you tell them this is important when they're 
preoccupied with what is some cases literally life and death. No, thank you for that, Doug. And um, and I know that we've shared with you in previous interviews, that is exactly what we've been hearing from our, our immigrant community, that they don't have bandwidth right now um, to be able to to have those conversations um, because they're dealing with, as you're saying, life and death or just in general basic survival issues. Um, and then you couple on that, um, that just uh, slow and, and still inadequate, it's getting better, uh, but still not fully adequate response from the government on COVID uh, when they know that they're in the headlines every single day. And so when we try to say, yes, your civic participation is gonna produce results and they can not point to results being achieved on what is carrying the headlines right now, then that really um, disinflates any hope that they have. There's trust issues, but then there's even just issues of hope. Can anyone address anything for us? And we're normally as social influencers, right, as organizers, we can be the ones to help navigate that. What we have found with coronavirus and what we're finding with census is that even some of that distrust extends to us, right? Not as um, an ind individual organization, but just distrust is permeating everywhere on everyone, mm. right? And it's hard right now in these moments to look into the papers, to look on the news and or social media and say, who is my leader in this moment? Who is showing me? And, and producing results and showing what's possible and showing what it means to be a good leader. And so that's why we're taking a strategy right now. And that's the role that Selena plays, the word promotora in, in Spanish in the community navigator. And, um, and we have just come to the conclusion. We need to make sure our people are fed, that they're surviving, um, that their basic needs are being met, and we're coordinating and proud to coordinate with tons of nonprofits and government agencies to try and do that, to make sure that their basic needs um, and that their survival is, is ensured and they're supported. And through that, we're hoping that hope and that trust that we can build can then extend to us being able to then continue to push and maybe achieve some results later on in the fall around the census. But that's what this decision, that's some of the deep ramifications of the decision of the Census Bureau to give us one month left, to give themselves one month less, because we are barely entering into that phase of giving them hope, of giving them something tangible to rally around. And now you've cut us in our timeline one month less in terms of being able to then build on that to get them back to civic engagement. Selena, do you want to share any um, stories or anything that you've heard along those lines? Yeah, well, most of um, whenever I speak with people on phone while, while phone banking, you know, that's mainly their their main priority at this time. We ask them, you know, if there's anything we can help them with, refer them to any type of need at this moment. Most of them are needing food. Um, of course, you know, help with rent and bills um, and access to PPE. That's one of that's been one of the high and rising um, requests for us is uh, they need appropriate PPE. You know, uh, they, gloves, masks, such as that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to clarify what PPE meant. If you no, uh, yes, I apologize. <laughs> That's yes, no sir. problem. Um, the um. Anybody want to explain why the deadline was was cut off? Um, 
was was not extended. Anybody want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole? As Immigrant Rights Advocacy Group, we'll take a stab at it. <laughs> political motivations. Um, political motivations. Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, whether it's, it's, it's a census, and obviously there's been clear interest by this administration uh, in regards to the redistricting process. That's been transparent. Memos were leaked um, since last fall. We've known for a year um, that there's a bigger plan in play and and there was um, opportunities to leverage here, uh, right? Um, and where we do believe, and we have had great interactions uh, with the Census Bureau, um, and we do believe each one of them is true public stewards uh, that want to defend the census and see this good, see see this fulfilled, and have a good count. At the end of the day, they're they're being caught in federal politics, like the coronavirus, like everything else. And then, um, unfortunately, we will throw ourselves in there as well as immigrants. Um, we are not surprised that the timing of this announcement comes uh, just on the heels of an announcement by this administration um, to double down in trying to have coordination amongst state agencies with the Census Bureau to figure out the undocumented population and exclude um, exclude uh, some of our immigrants uh, from, from the census. And um, there has been a bigger plan at play um, and every step of the way. And unfortunately, whenever this president finds himself in a political corner, uh, the way he is now, he lashes out on immigrants. And we feel that, um, again, this is just uh, where bigger implications, um, our community is definitely being caught uh, in the crosshairs um, of some of some true political motives here. All right. Well, let's get back I, to... Go ahead, Jeff. I, I, I would... Uh, just agree. It's more politics than it is anything at this point, and it goes it goes back before COVID. I mean, there was this intimidation effect that, that that's resulted from from whether it was the question or innuendos that have been made. I, I think you know it's good. You're referring even to the before citizen. COVID. It was yeah. You're referring it, to it the had that effect, and, yeah. And I, I can't I can't help but think it's been intended as well. So okay. politics. Well. And, and I want to chime in really quickly just to be clear on, on why the census matters and what we stand to lose right now, mm -hmm. because the census determines our congressional districting or our congressional representation, our redistricting, as well as critical funding for health care, education, infrastructure like roads and water systems. You know, the very resources that we're relying on right now as a state to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic were in many ways determined by 2010 census results. And where we stand right now with four, more than four out of 10 households not represented on the census, we stand to lose about $40 billion over the next 10 years in, in critical federal funding that every art hands and relies on. Not only. That's a good point. I'm sorry, Jeff, you were going to say it, something. Go ahead. It, it, I, I would also add, uh, in, in past censuses, and I've been involved with trying to get out the counted from the regional level since, since the 1980 census, and uh, this is the first census that they seem to have concentrated on, oh, this is uh, all about how many billion dollars is distributed back to your state and locality. And that never used to be, Census Bureau historically has always shied away from that, that this is not about distributing money, although there are federal agencies 
programmatically that use those figures. That's not the purpose of the census at all. It is, you know, apportionment redistricting. Yeah. And and the additional data for all kinds of purposes that it's collected, you know, along with the census. But to get back to Brad's point, it is a fact of life that a lot of allocation is made based, and not only the government. Yeah. Let's talk about, you know, businesses take census decision, take census data and decide whether they're going to open a new store or open a new uh, factory or whatever. That's, it's, got, it's got an important effect on the private economy, too. Pardon my editorializing there, but you, I don't think as a former business reporter, I learned how much um, private enterprise in this country relies on reliable statistics provided by the government. Um, and I don't think people realize how important that is sometimes. But that's, I'm off my soapbox now. Uh, I do want to point out, and Selena, you may, I read this in an Associated Press uh, report on this question on, on moving the deadline up. We have, of course, we have more, we're more connected, so to speak, got more, more people with cell phones, what have you, smartphones, what have you. In now than we did 10 years ago when the last census is done. But according to this press report I read, 10 states, and those states include Texas and New York, are, five, are at least 5% behind their self-reporting rates that where they were standing in the last census, and some are as many as 10 percentage points behind. I think that may be a, a good illustration of how difficult it is to conduct a, a census under these circumstances. Anybody have any thoughts about about that and where Arkansas stands compared to what it was doing ten ten years ago? Okay, we'll ask something else. What have I what have I skipped or glossed over? Uh, so about the important about this that uh, anybody. Uh, what do you what what am I missing here? And I'll I'll step in here because I, I hope that folks listening to this um, feel compelled to take action. Um, we're consistently telling folks that the first thing that they can do is complete the census, mm -hmm. and it's as easy as going to my2020census.gov or calling eight four four three three zero twenty twenty, and then. After completing the census, which takes about five minutes, encourage at least 20 people to do the same. Um, because, you know, Arkansas Counts Partners, we've been doing some incredible work. Um, chief among them, Arkansas United is on this call, along with Arkansas Advocates for Children and Families and the Arkansas Public Policy Panel, among many others. Um, so to just tell 20 folks to complete the census as well, especially in our rural communities. And if folks want to go above and beyond and really want to get out the count for Arkansas and these, we have less than 60 days, they can visit the arcounts.org website where we have a variety of resources, um, including uh, Arkansas United mentioned uh, Outvote and Through Talk. We have training videos on how to access those resources and put them to use to start phone and text banking books across the state. Additionally, we have informational one-pagers, um, one of which connects us directly to COVID-19 
and how census data is an important component in our ability to respond to this current crisis. Uh, we also developed in partnership with Arkansas Advocates for Children and Families, a set of tools, resources, and messaging uh, during the back to school period, ranging from what physicians can do in their offices to what educators can do as students are resuming their education. We also have tools for how businesses can get involved, uh, ranging from getting employees to complete the census, getting customers to complete the census, especially at our essential businesses, as well as how to, with appropriate social distancing and sanitizing, set up census support sites where customers can complete the census in store. We also have templates for writing letters to our uh, local papers editors. And then lastly, you know, we've really had to rely on faith leaders as well um, to get out the count. Uh, we're encouraging faith leaders to do what they can uh, to get their flock counted um, as, as congregations continue to gather either virtually or slowly in person, what faith leaders can do to get out the count as well. Okay. That may be a good a good note to end on. Anybody think they can beat that for a uh, final I, word I, on the I matter? Will, I won't say I will beat that, Doug. Um, I respect Brad too much as, as a colleague and partner uh, with Arkansas Counts. But um, uh, as you know me, Doug, and know us, we're organizers. So we believe in ending every uh, meeting with a call to action. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have a, a call to action uh, right now for Northwest Arkansas. Um, and that is in addition to what Brad said, right? Not giving up on what we individually can do. Uh, we do believe that this is an advocacy moment. Um, I know that as we come at this conversation as immigrant rights um, activists, and many times uh, we're seen as a special interest group, uh, but I want to reaffirm, we are motivated um, in our passion um, and our identity as Arkansans. Uh, we really, what brought us to the census is that we really truly believe we are all in this together. And it is in that spirit that right now we have to acknowledge it is really Congress, uh, one of the only ones that can help us in this moment. And all of us have an opportunity and responsibility to talk to our congressmen. And we couldn't be prouder to be in a region in Northwest Arkansas where our business community has made a commitment to unraveling systemic racism. And we think this is a tremendous opportunity for them to use their leverage, to leverage and use um, the political influence that they have um, to talk to our elected officials at the state and the federal levels um, to take action um, because this really will impact all of us at all levels, including our economy, uh, which all of us um, are worried about in this moment, regardless of how you identify or where you live in this state. We are all worried about our uh, health and economy and, and, and census and us not responding um, to the census is another uh, health pandemic from our perspective. Um, and so we need to um, care and get involved. And we think that there's a time now um, where our Arkansas leaders uh, can stem up and, and show the nation what real leadership looks like. And so we look forward to accompanying them uh, in that process. Okay. And Jeff and Selena. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jeff. You have something you want to say? Uh, I, I was just going to say to, to, to to follow up the uh, uh, Brad mentioned, you know, going online or phone or mail in or whatever that was originally planned for March 12th through the 30, 31st of July. And that was extended to September 30th. So, so the online, the phone, 
the mail-in responses can still be done. Uh, but the next phase of this is going to be the non-response follow-up. That's the, you know, the, the in-person uh, efforts, um, the door knocking. Yeah, that was original. That was originally planned for May 13th through July 31st, and now, as as we've discussed, it's September 30th. Mm-hmm. So originally, there was that that particular phase was going to be two and a half months. Now, at least in Arkansas, it's going to be one and a half months uh, to complete this particular door knocking phase, and it's going to start next Tuesday, the 11th, in Arkansas. Uh, so, I mean, I think the big challenge is going to be to try to get the people that, you know, and there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, the, the, the online effort and all that, what is it, 62% now or something like that? Uh, and it's been very slow. So there's this whole door knocking effort is going to be critical. Uh, and it's, as you, somebody mentioned earlier, it's in a compressed time frame, and it's going to be a real challenge to, you know, for a lot of people, who's going to go to the door in COVID and, and open the door to some stranger? Yeah, you know, who's going to be a challenge? Yeah, talk about recruiting somebody to go to door to door under these circumstances. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll put it this way. I, I understand there's a lot of people out of work, but whether they'd want to do that, I don't know. Um, yeah. That's a good question. I, if I'm understanding what each of you, all four of you, are saying correctly, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about hard-to-reach groups and such as that. But an accurate, if I'm understanding each of you correctly, an accurate count is kind of like a rising tide. It lifts all boats. It benefits everybody, whatever your political views are. It It's like most things. An accurate count is... Um, worth it just for the sake of accuracy but there are other important benefits is that a fair summation y'all of, of, of the point you've been trying to make today okay all right hearing no dissent uh i think that'll do it thank y'all so much i appreciate it thank you john thank you, thank you. Thank you all <laughs> bye-bye take care This is Doug Thompson of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Thank you for listening. We should have a new story about this issue sometime this weekend.